Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the show. Uh, 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 this is the Game by Show podcast, my friends. It is still Freedom Week here in sunny Salt Lake City, Utah. And in the desert of Dallas, Texas, we have Jared Red Eye Dunn joining us. Hello. I'm still alive. I went for a long run in the desert today. That sounds dumb. On a horse with no name. Just kidding. That's Jeremy Orlamont. I forgot to introduce him. Hey, everybody. Him and I, LeGrand Jolly, we are here in Salt Lake City, Utah, where it's sunny, it's pleasant outside. Also the desert. A little too sunny and pleasant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Suspiciously. Suspiciously. We don't need no Sunny D in this crew. We got all the vitamin D we can handle. Dr. Jonathan Reed will remember this. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, uh, it's uh, July the 3rd. That means tomorrow. You guys like lighting fireworks and stuff? Uh, yes, on, on cats. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. I never have done that. I don't even think of doing it. And I'll, I'll beat your butt if you light fireworks. On that cats. was uh, suspiciously specific. Well, you know. I like to beat butts, I cannot lie. <laughs> We're gonna go see firework, but we will not be lighting them. We are also, I don't think, lighting fireworks. No, that's a good way to burn up like $100 literally. Yeah. Uh, but we do have the hill in our backyard that can see the entire valley, and we're going to go up there, roast some marshmallows on the fire, and watch fireworks. I was thinking about doing something like that. Last year, uh, we went to the Capitol building. Come on over. Bring your kids. You know what? I Actually, I might literally actually do that. That might, that might not be bad. And you can play on the uh, Oculus Dude, I will, I will show you. I will show you all of the things. I, it's just tangentially available. Listen, we will gonna... set it up in the backyard. I did this the other day. I set up the Oculus Quest in my backyard with a ridiculous size space, and I went bonkers in Space Pirate Trainer, and it was amazing. You know, what would be pretty fun. Would be to set it up so that it just like goes over the edge of your, because you know, there's a, at the edge of your property line. There's a drop off uh -huh, there. Yeah, yeah. It'd be fun to just like set the end like just a couple feet too far, out. <laughs> and then like just let somebody play it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, also a lawsuit. <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't have laws about VR yet. And Jared, you're also invited. I guess. Like, I guess I don't want to leave you out. <laughs> I probably won't be there. Oh, Jared never comes to the things I invite him to. He did once. And we did. We had lunch. We had tacos. <laughs> sure did. Damn good tacos. No VR, though. No, no VR. But I tell you what, there's no reason I can't just bring this VR with me to anywhere. Hey, we'll, we'll just set it up in the hotel lobby. Yep. You know what? I've got an idea. New Game Bite Show airplane challenge. <laughs> hey, bro, put this on. <laughs> Ew, it's all sweaty. <laughs> well, guys, tonight's the night where we talk about games. I, I say this every time. Good, we're talking about video games. Yes, we've been playing. I like it. Let's people Wednesday. know what the score is. This is what we're is. doing on this, this podcast today. We're talking about video games we've been playing. We tell people how it is because otherwise they're afraid we'll get loosey-goosey with it. But this is we so are this is We are strict about this. Ten minutes each to talk about a game that we've been playing. We're going to start with Jared because he never likes to show up for our podcast anymore. Welcome, Jared, to the podcast. It's true. Your podcast recording time is too late. I have to get up in the morning. <laughs> No. So it's a Lame holiday excuse. tomorrow. What's going on tomorrow? Well, that's I, I get it. He's got to drive the 18 and a half hours to my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have been playing a video game and uh, we started playing this video game on Monday for our mm -hmm. latest Game Bite Show Game Club. Oh, uh, my gosh. Uh, we're playing Dauntless, which I hear Legrand, you have uh, been playing a little bit. Bro, um, have I ever? Been playing some Dauntless. I, I find that a little bit objectionable. Let's let, let's let Jared kick this off, but then I've got some beef. So Dauntless is um, like uh, if, if you're familiar with the Monster Hunter uh, formula, then 
you, you know what Dauntless basically is. You, you load up into a sort of like a hub city uh, where you like interact with vendors and quests, craft weapons and stuff. And then you go out on these expeditions to hunt monsters. And so there's like electrical monsters and earth monsters and fire monsters and others, you know, whatever. Uh, so you don't undersell the monsters. So some of them are lizards and some of them are monkeys and they're some monsters, are turtles, like owl guys, you know, whatever. They're big behemoths, they call them. So they're large. You can like lop off tails and chunks of them and stuff like that. Uh, there's different weapons. Some of them do different things. You know, the hammer causes more stuns, whereas the spear causes more like wounds and whatever. Essentially, yeah. you gear your dude up. As you unlock gear, you just keep it forever. So you kind of switch it around. You're encouraged to switch to play towards the uh, behemoth you're fighting. You start a match. You join up with four other people, three other people randomly, or you you know you team up with friends in a party and you go off and and you hunt these behemoths. So you land on an island. You got to find them. There's resources that you kind of gather, and then you gang up on this dude and you murder him. And that's it. That's the game. It's fun. <laughs> It's uh so the the inter- interesting thing is similar to Monster Hunter is each of the behemoths has a a uh, element that they are mm-hmm. strong against and weak to, and so it's up to you, similar to Monster Hunter, to kind of craft. Yes, to kind of strategize. They have really interesting sort of move sets I've noticed that are quite different. Um, some of them are more uh, mobile. There's this one like electrical lizard guy that was like shooting these spines that were killing us that were like turrets at this point, like shooting electric orbs at us and killing us. Those were tough, man. <laughs> I, I played that guy four times before I beat him uh, with, you know, four different groups. Uh, two of them, I think, or one of them at least was with Jeremy. Are you on the yeah, next uh, tier of monsters of those types too? Well, kind of. It'll tell us that we shouldn't do it. The what? We're on the tiers, but it'll tell us like you should not do this, but we do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. We did get we did get warned that one of them would be hard because of our gear setting. Uh-huh. Um, they didn't lie. But yeah, so as you kill these monsters, you 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 gather resources from the monster, from the behemoth, or from the world, and you use those to upgrade your gear, craft new gear, you level up. One thing I really liked about it, and I noted this in the stream on Monday, is you level up the things that you're doing. So like if you use the spear, the pike, I think they call it, you you level up the pike and it has its own sort of level tree. And if you switch to the hammer, it has a separate level tree. So you're, you know, there's really always something to be doing. So even if you switch weapons, it's not like, oh, well, I'm going to go fight these low level. No, 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 no. You, you, you're, you start leveling that up. You start getting rewarded for that. Um, your character itself levels up. You you start to gain mastery in the mo- in the behemoth types, which I really like. So it's almost like they have their own kind of levels. It, it's really cool the way they've set well, it up. Well, the the behemoths, I think behemoths in general has a level, but not each individual behemoth. Yeah. So well, there, if you there, go there into are like achievements. Though. Yeah. If you go into yeah, exactly that, and maybe that's a better way to say is it is not levels per se, but like a, a achievements. So there's like a reward path through that. Yeah, they'll give you stuff, so it's there's still some material value to it. I see. Um, so, so that's pretty great. The game's really, uh, I I actually like really accessible. One thing I you know I played Monster Hunter World for just a teeny bit, um, 
but I didn't really have anyone I was playing with. And I, I kept getting lost. Like, and that's really embarrassing to say, but like, I'd be like trying to find this guy. I'm like, I'm lost. I can't find anything. Oh, oh yeah. I, got, really I would get lost too, especially the, uh, the, the jungle level where it, yeah. it's like really vertical. It is really it's vertical. A, there's no verticality in the map. So it's like, there's this pinpoint somewhere and it's like, okay, is that three levels above uh-huh. me or three levels down? I don't know where I am. And, and to me, the, the, the maps in this game feel, they're not like smaller per se. Like they don't feel like claustrophobic. Uh, I think they're, they're just, more simple. They're just not as busy. That's that's yeah. kind of the way I think of it. So, you know, yeah. you get in a match takes maybe 15 minutes to kill a behemoth. I don't maybe they get longer as they get harder. Uh, you know, they I don't get, know. They get shorter that. and they get. I mean, it depends more on what intense. you're doing, I guess. Sure. So it, I've noticed it's about 12 to 15 minutes. You know, you jump in the matchmaking seems fine. You jump in, you get your crew, you go out, you, you kill it. You get your rewards and you rinse repeat. And it's just a really good time. I actually have been enjoying it a lot as just kind of a right now. It's just kind of casual for me. But I imagine as you get to the higher level stuff, the more nuanced stuff, you kind of got to focus down make sure you got the right gear and the right loadout. And like, oh, this guy's got a spear. So I'll take a axe, which, you know, does this and helps him to do that. You know, that kind of stuff. I, I, I agree with you on the simplicity of the game. It seems like what happened and this is pure speculation, but I think that, you know, prior to Monster Hunter World, Monster Hunter's always been like a mobile, like it's been on PSP, it was on, and it was on the 3DS, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I mean, they had a they had a Wii version and a, yeah. Were they any good? Or were they similar to uh, the other ones? Yeah, well, I mean, they, well, they were similar. So, I mean, the same formula for Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter was very sort of static in its uh, rule set and in its features up until Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Monster Hunter World was the one where they really did a ton of quality of life changes, uh, improvements, I guess I would say. It, it seems like Dauntless and Monster Hunter World were probably under development at the exact same time, and they kind of went a couple different directions with that. Yeah, I, I would say that, and I would agree with that, but I would say that what Monster Hunter World did was streamlining things, and what, what Dauntless did was more like trimming stuff. Right. Um, because I, I would say that, that Dauntless is a much more simplified 100% thing overall. Um, and I would say that Monster Hunter World is more, more, more complex, but also more elegant, I think, in the way that it does things. Um, for, for example, I mean, I just, just your relationship with the monster, you know, um, there's, there's a lot more like, um, the tracking the, the, and the, yeah, the, exactly. The tracking the, and the ba- you know where to the behaviors the of the monsters. Like yes, exactly, exactly right. Whereas Dauntless is more like I mean, here's something that we had talked about when we played it uh, was the um, kind of the PUBG Fortnite kind of analogy, and here we have kind of Monster Hunter World Dauntless kind of going on. And and I wonder whether something like Dauntless because I, one thing that we didn't talk about that's really important is it's free to play. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which is which is a big and big cross deal. play uh, across all thing, platforms and cross cross platform. Which is that's really exactly cool. right. Yeah. Yeah. So so to me, so Legrand, I know you've been putting a ton of hours lately into Dauntless. So here's my beef: if you can play Monster Hunter World and if you have people to play with, I don't really see much reason to play Dauntless unless so Dauntless is good for one specific thing. And that's if you've got people to play with that you normally can't play Monster Hunter World with. Dauntless get, makes it very accessible, very easy to play on PC, Xbox, PlayStation 4. So if you have a, you know, some gaming hardware, you can play Dauntless with your friends. Monster Hunter World does not do that. So I'm kind of curious what to you the draw has been in the your draw case. in my case is the simplicity and is and the quickness that it is to get into a game and just do a mm-hmm. thing. Uh for for as much as Monster Hunter World, and I 100% agree with you, I believe Monster Hunter World is way 
more fun game to play in general. However, if you're going to get online and play some Monster Hunter World, you got to dedicate more time than if you just want to get on and play some quick Dauntless. The other side of it is that because Monster Hunter traditionally has been a it's been a more complex game. It's got a. It's been yeah. harder to kind of crack the shell unless you got someone to lead yeah. you along the way. So where Dauntless yeah. is very, very simple to understand what you're doing. It's very simple. That's like true. here's the guy. Here's the crafting. Here's the monsters. Here's the stuff. Here's your quests. Here's your battle pass. Right. Here. Here's your rewards. Make potions with these. Yeah. So so it's, it's really it's more simple for like a, a standard. Like my kids got immediately were able to pick up Dauntless and just start playing where right. I don't think they would have been able to do that with Monster Hunter World. If they had wanted to dedicate time to Monster Hunter World, then absolutely. But the general, right. for the casual gaming audience, I think that Monster Hunter World is or is more difficult to pick up and just yeah. play. And, and also and more expensive. More expensive. And th- there are more barriers to entry for Monster Hunter. But for I sure. think as a, as a gamer, as a core gamer, if you want to say that, I think Monster Hunter World is the better the better game and the better experience if you have the time to dedicate to it. For me, Monster Hunter World yeah. has been like, okay, I'm going to take a break from the work that I'm doing and I'm just going to play some Dauntless. Or, hey, I'm going right. to fire this up with my kids on the Xbox and the PlayStation. We're going to all play together. Uh, that's pretty sweet. I don't, have to, I don't have to have three working PCs or three PlayStations in the house to play with, with my kids. With three copies of the game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I've i really come to find, you know, I, I, I'm i pretty busy. <laughs> and, like, I really... Appreciate games that uh, don't waste my time. Like just get not, to the not point. that like Monster Hunter World is is a waste of time, but like you said, it, it's there's more just to get into it. Not even like to once I'm I understand it to get into a match. Like I'm not talking that. I'm like to understand its systems, to understand what does what, how this works, well, even to make progress in a single game yeah, session. How to, how to kind of grind through it, so to speak. Um, I don't really have time to dedicate to that kind of stuff anymore. It's the same reason, like, I will probably not play another sort of typical MMO other than Guild Wars 2 forever because I've already done that, like, that learning curve with that game. Right. So I don't have to go relearn anything, and I just don't have the time to do that anymore. So now little story snippets come out in that game, and I go play it, I enjoy it, and I put it away until the next one comes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dauntless respects that. and and. It, it took that approach and I appreciate that. And then maybe that's not for everyone, but it's good. And I, and I think what you're potentially giving up really is only the, the cost of the, the money and the time to, to entry. I think you're trading that for their ability to try and sell you a bunch of stuff. Sure. Like the battle pass and the, the widgets and shards mm-hmm. and, and fancy you know, outfits. Things. I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I did buy that battle pass. Really? You know, I felt like, Hey, I'm really, I really like this game. I'm going to spend some Good quality time, and I can sling the guys some money. I haven't bought anything else. I it was five bucks, and I figured, you know what? Wait, you both did this? Yeah, I bought it too. I figured oh, wow. it's our game club game, so I'm going to be playing it quite a bit over the next month. I might as well get my uh, even if you're not. I mean, it's, it's it's good to reward the developers. It's it's sure. free to play for a reason, and you know, if I feel like I, I can sling them some money, and I got some cosmetics out of it, so rock and roll, right? I you know, I'm not I'm not judging you, just surprised. I, I like the customization really... with the dyes and stuff in uh. I do like that. I Dauntless. like that. Like once you unlock dyes and like some of the outfits and stuff, you, you you don't have to like. Some of them don't have a currency to just use. You can just make your guy look how you want. Um, and those are the more I, of, I the, like of the buy ones, right? Or the ones that come from the battle yes. pass. Yes, I, I had one from Twitch. Oh, I got that one too. Just like yeah, yeah, you can apply it whenever you want. So we should talk then just as we close this, uh, what, what kind of the goal is for the game club? Like what are, is it so mostly going to be scheduling so this game is, time? You know, this is very similar to our division, 
uh, game club. And there's not like a set goal, like, oh, we want to finish the storyline like we did the sinuous there's sacrifice. No or everyone. Right. <laughs> Kill the engine F. Right. You know, we're not, we're not trying to do, okay, do this chapter this week or anything like that. So truly the game club, we have a guild in the game. Go check out our channel in Discord um, and come join us if you're listening to this in July. I mean, we're probably still playing it outside of July, but uh, we, we want to organize events, get people into parties. Uh, and I'd really like to see if you can create some synergies with you know, if we have a party of four people that we know, it's like, okay, I'm going to take this weapon. You take that yeah. weapon and let, I'll take this lantern. You take that lantern and let's That's really a big see deal what we in can do. Monster Hunter for sure. That it would be interesting to see, like you said, is it going to be just like four dudes with four different weapons just hacking away uh-huh. or is there some elegance or some, you know, some strategy? I, I feel can- like that's there but it's not as mandatory so i I, i'd kind of like to play with that a little bit and see what we can come up with and just have a good time what what is what is your guys's weapons of choice uh i kind of stick so in monster hunter i I rock a switch axe number one and then a bow number two and this time i've been rocking uh, just a regular axe and uh, the guns (laughs) Ah, so i I apparently have a type I had I used the swords. I got the swords leveled up a little. The I'm not the sword. The the two handed sword leveled up. And then lately, I've actually been using the pike. The pike. Yeah, I, I, I like the pike a lot. I started on the pike. He said judgingly. Started on the pike. <laughs> moved to the the guns, and now I'm onto the axe. That's kind of my jam cool. right now. Oh, you can't you can't harsh on my axe. My axe is what's up. And my axe. If, I mean, it depends <laughs> on the monster. Some of the monsters are are super quick, and they're difficult to. Yeah, that's the you thing. You have to like so stun them I, or have a team that can stun them so that you can get in until they open up. I will either do great with an axe because it'll rank you at the end and it's like S++. Jared's always like, hey, I got an S++. I'm like, I got a D. Because <laughs> I just like can't hit the things because they're moving around too fast and they're just not, not getting stunned. You know? Yeah, well, the axe has a little bit of nuance where you know one, we- one way you can move while you're charging and other ways you can't. Right, and the other way you can't. But you can switch up the, yeah, the combos. Like, we kind of mentioned that, but we didn't go into it. But yeah, yeah. Come, play, come play the game club with this. Try some of this out for yourself. Form some of your own It's free. And, uh, you can play it on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, or PC. If you're playing it on PC, you'll find it in the Epic Store. Yeah, and you have no excuse, basically. And so we'll know that if you're not playing with us, it's because you don't like us personally. Yep. yep. My feelings are hurt already. Kind of already heard you. All right, uh, Jeremy, what's up? with you man yeah all right well uh this week i've been playing another sort of knockoff game uh no actually uh (laughs) so i kind of wanted to talk for just a minute about the pedigree of cooking based games Ah. um so so the very first one so and and i'm not and i'm not talking about food based games because you know going all the way back we had things like burger time and we had you know i don't know root beer tapper and you know games that were kind of ostensibly about food i want to talk about cooking games in particular because i've been playing a game called diner bros or actually so let me ask you guys this when you say super mario do you say super mario brothers or super mario bros bros uh brothers so I've been playing a game called Diner Bros, but I kind of want brothers, but <laughs> Diner Bros. But I want to I want to work up to this though because the first cooking game that I can think of, just thinking back, was like Diner Dash, and that was what ten years ago, something like that, where the game was about. And there was Cooking Mama, so there's Cooking Mama, and I don't know which one came first. They were probably concurrent. Um, I, I played something Isn't called there like Order Battle up. Chef Brigade. I don't know. If that's there's related. been yeah. Oh, then see, and that's the thing. So there's been a proliferation. I mean, we have Overcooked. Um, Dead Hugger, a lot of games where the, where the idea is people are coming into your restaurant, feed them, you know, give them what they want, get it to them, clean up after them, take their money. And that's kind of what, what you score. Uh, Diner Brothers is kind of the same thing. And in fact, it is very much like Overcooked, but I was kind of thinking about the subtleties in the different, um, 
uh, variations on this game. So I want to compare it to Overcooked. Are you guys familiar with kind of the Overcooked yep. sort of formula? Okay, same same general idea, but here's the thing. Whereas in uh, Overcooked, you, you sort of were in this vaguely gamey sort of abstract cooking area. Uh, you know, you'd prepare, you'd get meat, you'd have to cook it. It would have a timer. You would maybe get a, a bun and put a burger on a bun and maybe it would have, you know, ketchup or, or whatever. And then you, you'd send it out like a little conveyor belt. And presumably there are people out there eating the food and then dishes, dirty dishes would kind of come back on this other thing. Um, and it kind of, it kind of abstracted and I didn't even really think about it at the time, but in light of something like Diner Brothers, um, Diner Brothers is sort of a combination of, say, uh, Diner Dash, which what there wasn't really any food preparation. It was just, you know, go to this, get this food, go to that, get that food, take it to the table sort of thing. Here, it is like a combination of Overcooked and something like Diner Dash. And I know that sounds really subtle, but it's really kind of important because you actually have different kind of people coming into the restaurant. Um, and they might want uh, a burger with lettuce or a burger with tomato or a burger with lettuce and tomato. Uh, and, and of course, you have to run up, take their order, get back into the kitchen and start making it out of, you know, you have pre-made patties that you can cook. The cooking's on a timer. There's plates, there's buns, and then you may have some vegetables that you can chop up. And so just like in Overcooked, you might have to chop, 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 prepare the veggies, um, com combine them all together, take them back out to the person, let them eat it then clear, you know, bust the table, take the money and do it all in a certain amount of time and, and you know, get the money and get a bonus or, or whatever. Same general idea, but just that subtle difference of actually managing the the customers who come into your place um, combined with all of the different food prep. And then, of course, just like in Diner Dash, just like in Order Up, every level gives you a certain amount of money. You can then use that to upgrade and get, you know, two grills or, you know, a deep fryer or a, you know, fast running shoes or, you know, hold two ingredients at the same time, those kinds of things. Um, and, and it seems like there is a, um, I, I'm not sure how, how the, the arithmetic of, overcooked works compared to something like this, but it seems like a very subtly tuned game. It seems like they, um, just the, the variety of the people coming in. Sometimes people don't even want a burger. They'll just want a veggie tray or something. You just get the lettuce and get the tomato. Those and monsters. Yeah, I know. I'm like, well, we're running a burger shop and like the last four people came in asking for a veggie plate. What, you know, what's going on here? Um, but it is very finely balanced. And every time you add something new, the, the types and the quantity of customers coming into your shop, uh, seem to always keep you just busy enough. And of course, this does have multiplayer. It allows for up to four people local. There's no online for this. And generally speaking, like it's it's actually really fun. The difficulty does ramp up pretty quickly because every level, uh, like I said, it gives you either a new ingredient, which exponentially, or, or I guess maybe not exponentially, but it uh, ge geometrically increases the variety of things that you could be preparing. Um, and, and there's just a lot to juggle all the time. And so the, the challenge is, I mean, this is not really a game for one person to play. This is a game that you'd want to play with at least one other person, maybe even three or four, but the more, just like in Overcooked, the more cooks you have in the kitchen, the more tricky things get dividing up the, uh, tasks, um, figuring out how to communicate to one another, you know, how, how does the, how does the wait staff communicate to the, to the, to the fry cook, you know, what is coming up, you know, cheeseburger, 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 that sort of thing. Um, and it actually is, I, I think in some ways it, it is even a better game than Overcooked because of that element where you actually are managing, um, the people coming into the restaurant instead of just putting food It looks like what they should have done with Overcooked too is 
I mean, what they did with Overcooked 2 was kind of, they didn't really expand on it. They just made more of it. No, more just more levels and stuff. Yeah, and in Overcooked, they do some weird things too. Like you're in tiki rooms and fireballs are shooting at you. And like for some reason, there's fireballs in your kitchen. This is like or more of a, a truck, straight up. The, the truck Yeah, or, or just or like weird things. Yeah, I, I liked some of the variety in Overcooked where it was like you're, you're doing a food truck or you're at a festival. I actually did kind of like that, but it ultimately didn't change because you're still putting food on the conveyor belt. So it's just kind of a skin over the top of what you're doing. Well, they have um, different here, mechanics though, I, on the I, levels, you know. Yeah, and, and and the layout was kind of different too. And that is one thing is there's more variety, I think, in Overcooked in terms of the level layout because every level, you know, you drive your little bus to a different Mario 3 type, you know, node on a map and there's something different going on there. So I did appreciate that because you'd really have to change up your strategy and adapt to that level. Um, here, it's more straight up like you are managing your diner. You're going to expand it and, and whatever. And the difficulty really comes in the variety of food. You know, you eventually work your way up from like a, you know, a, a straight up burger place to like a village inn or something like that. And you're serving <laughs> spaghetti to people and you know, in the morning. Uh, but uh, the other thing too, is that they've already got uh, some DLC out for this and it actually adds in some, some pretty different, uh, not necessarily different mechanics, but I mentioned a little bit earlier, the arithmetic of things. So they added uh, one called Sushi Brothers and one called Pizza Brothers. Um, and, and basically the, the arithmetic changes up a little bit. Whereas in, in the burger diner that you, the kind of the base game, you might have to cook patties and then prepare the veggies and then plate with the bun. Uh, in, in sushi, you might have to catch a fish, chop it, you know, prepare it. You don't do any cooking. You, you plate it and combine the ingredients and, and it kind of works that way where it's sort of just inverting some of the math or some of the tasks. Um, the, the pizza kind of does the same thing, but for example, you make one pizza, but then you serve it by the slice. So you go through the trouble to make one pizza, but then you're stuck with that type of pizza that you made, but you can serve it for up to, to up to four people. So there's a lot more of like logistical, where are we going to keep this pizza? How am I going to dish it out to the people who need it? You know, that sort of thing. Um, there also are the only drawbacks to this game is there are some questionable uh, health and safety codes violations you know i might i might cook like four patties and keep three of them out on the counter for half an hour before i serve them up uh you know i, I find this to be very troubling um so you know i'm everybody... watching like a video of some dude the diner bros endless mode world record that's what i'm watching right now y yeah and... yeah you know there's also like versus modes and stuff so there are some different modes that you don't have in overcooked yeah, this, that's this thing i I mean, I, I played some overcooked and i thought it was fine and i had fun with the time i played it but i don't think i need to ever play one of these games again it looks really it looks yeah. awesome though I mean, it looks like i said compared to overkill i think i agree with you i think it looks like it's got a little bit more depth in there i think the overall presentation is not quite as polished as overcooked is but i really like it um yeah and and i think this solid. is a smaller i mean overcooked i think is is sort of a, a darling right now you know a lot of people know about overcooked a lot of people played it uh Dino brothers is less so i think it's just a little indie game it's 10 bucks on steam it's currently on sale uh in the steam summer sale for uh eight dollars um, although you can get, uh, I think you can get all the DLC for five bucks along with it, something like that. Uh, and it's from a developer called J Full Games, J A Y F L Games, and uh, it came out just last year. So I, I think that this one is really worth looking at. If you have not played Overcooked to Death, if you're not, you know, like like Legrand says, I mean, it can get pretty stressful, but it's kind of stressful in that fun way where you're like, oh, we got, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. Ah. No, it's it's one that makes families fight. Like that's basically what Overcooked is. Uh, yeah, I guess it could. I guess it depends on the family, but, um, 
But I, I would say this one is really worth trying out, especially if you're able to arrange a, you know, local multiplayer setup. If you've got multiple controllers and you maybe use a keyboard or something like that. Uh, this one I, I would uh, definitely strongly recommend. Um, it, it is a good time. Uh, definitely, you know, play it with cooler heads if you can. But because I, I look at it as more a problem to be solved, not so much that like, oh, you didn't do your job. But a good head chef will figure out how to manage his people and organize the flow of you know, of the, of the kitchen. Uh, and I, and I think the challenge in that is, uh, is actually really cool. So I do recommend, uh, Diner Brothers and, uh, like I said, def definitely best played multiplayer and you can get that right now for, uh, $7.99 on Steam regularly, 10 bucks. Wow. Cool. Not bad, man. It looks, mm -hmm. looks awesome. Like I said, but huh, yeah. we'll, maybe we'll, maybe we'll play it on, uh, we'll, we'll play some, uh, cooking games. Maybe that, that game looks like it would stress me out a lot. <laughs> fire up nom nom yeah. galaxy the ultimate cooking game. oh that is a good game oh nom nom galaxy so good all right well i'll tell you what guys i have played nothing but vampire over the last week since we last did the show wow um that's impressive i think i'm wrapping up chapter two um i streamed a bunch the other night yeah you did and uh, i really like it a lot still like i i got to this point where there was this really really stressful mission um, mm -hmm. where you're basically, um, you have to like save some dude's life. Who's he's, you, you come into this, this situation, there's a guy who's dying and you have to save his life. And it's just a really, it was a really, really intense, uh, scenario that was presented in front of me. And, uh, I don't know, my heart started racing and I had to like do all this stuff and, that's pretty good. Um, it was pretty cool. Like, it, there was like a there was a nurse that was assisting me. So I play as you play as a doctor, and you're a, a oh, so you're doing doctor. You're stuff. a world renowned uh, the surgeon. Your character is a doctor. Yeah. Yes. And so I got into a scenario, the situation where I had to save this dude's life, and there was a nurse that was assisting me. Um, but things started happening, and he was bleeding, and I like started getting my my vampire shakes going on. Like I wanted to like just <laughs> do the vampire stuff. Anyway, it was pretty. It was pretty insane. Nice. And uh, nurse Sponge, yes, Doctor Vampire with a YMD. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to spoil what happened in this moment, but uh, it was pretty cool. And I actually, wasn't streaming at this time, but um, it was a. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty intense, and that you know, I'm actually just barely finished with that part. I haven't gotten back to play after that part happened. Like that part happened, and then I left. I had to fight some vampire hunters who had, you know had sleuthed me out. Had to murder the hell out of them. Mm -hmm. um, the more that I play this game, the more that I start to I really appreciate the the combat. Like I I I start to like understand it, and I start to like okay, this is how it works. These are my combos. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take out this guy, and then I'm going to kill this guy, and then I'm going to save this guy for last because for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I I really like games that do that. You know, the Witcher series kind of did that too. Yeah, it was like, it really not just spam like click, 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 click. Like you really want to get the rhythm, get the patterns, you know, and kind of do heavy attacks when they're right, uh, light yep. attacks when they're right. The third one I didn't think did as good a job as the first and second, but I I, I appreciate games that don't do that. And I actually installed this game oh, um, dude. based on your, your Discord <laughs> messages. So yeah. we're going to check that out over the next week. Yeah, the, the thing is, so, so you have a stun, uh, at least if you have that weapon equipped. So I have a uh, a a, a stake, a wooden stake equipped in my left hand. Um, each of the each of the bad guys that you fight actually has a meter that you can like a stun meter that you can stagger them if you use it. Uh, every time you stagger them, once you stagger them, you can then suck their blood and then use blood for abilities, right? 
uh, as I explained last week. <laughs> but the thing is, is you can't, as you stun them, then they become uh, less susceptible to the stun. So you can't just keep stunning them and getting blood from them. You have to like really weave in your abilities with your normal attacks, with your stuns at the same time. Actually, uh, as you kind of go and level up your weapons that you have, you can start adding like little bonuses to them. So you can, so every time you level it up, you can choose to apply a bonus to it. Um, and so, one so, of the bonuses, it, so you're saying like, you're talking about an affinity on a per weapon basis, yeah. right? So you, okay. So, so, okay. so the weapons are so going to have some base stats. They're going to have some, your speed. They're going to have the amount of stamina it costs to swing them. And they're going to have like an attack damage. Right. Um, and, but then as you level them up, then, so there's like maybe four, they can level up to level five. You start at level one, right? But every time that you level it up, uh, it costs, you know, you know, items that you have, you can find around, uh, that drop from enemies. You can buy from shops. Uh, they're kind of, some of them are kind of hard to come by, uh, but uh, as you level them up, then you can choose. So, like, for example, the hack saw that I've been using, the bone saw or whatever the hell I have, the saw. Bones and I actually switched over to an axe. But basically, once I leveled up the first time, you can choose between, A, this this weapon will also stun them a little bit or apply a little bit of stun, or this weapon will also give you some blood every time you attack, or or this weapon will do more damage. Um and so there's like multiple paths you can pick on a per weapon basis and you can swap those out kind of if you and, want. And does this cost the same XP that you would level yourself up with? Like No, uh, the leveling of items is more based on finding the items that you need to level it up. And so, for example, on oh. the axe I have, I need to find like handle parts and steel, iron plates and stuff like that. Got um, it. And so that, that's more driven around uh, finding things. Um, the other thing that I, that I found is really interesting about this, I kind of talked about this last week where you people start getting sick and you start healing them. Um, I originally thought that you may come across somebody and he's going to be sick and you have to heal him and that's just basically the end of it. And now that guy's healed, right? Um, but what I discovered is that um, every time you sleep uh, in the game, like goes down and can ruin your town and people get sick overnight. So when you, as you progress through the game and you get more deeper into it, as you, when you go to sleep to like level up, the only, the only way you can actually spend your experience is by resting in your bed at one of your safe houses. But when you do that, um, people have a chance to become sick. Um, and there's multiple tiers of sicknesses. So if you leave somebody sick over multiple nights, they're like their, their cough will progress to bronchitis and then progress to pneumonia, et cetera, et cetera. And so, which requires a, uh, a more difficult level of, uh, cure. That's kind of a unique thing. And so, and then also as the, uh, as the villagers get sick, it also decreases the overall stability of that area. And if that stability reaches a certain low, then it becomes overrun by monsters and it's, everyone dies and so is it one of those things is it one of those things where you basically are not able to heal everybody i mean is it like there's so much going on that you kind of have to well the thing is, is there's no there's areas? no time limit to when you actually have to rest but resting is the only way that you level up it's the only way that you enhance your abilities the only way you can spend your experiences by doing that so eventually as you progress through the game you'll get to a point where i can't beat these monsters because i'm just not high enough level i need to rest and by doing so now all of a sudden there's a chance for everything, everything goes wrong, wrong. and yeah. if you lose like an area like this game's got a um like, like there's a uh, like i posted a screen in the discord channel that was that talked about don't use these actual like cures like there's there's like ingredients <laughs> right. you find like potassium permanganate and you combine that with 
you know, opium and that makes this, you know, remedy. And, and there's like a screen that says, Hey, don't use these cures. There's another screen that says, Hey, everything that you do in this game has a consequence. And so that consequence is not only eating people, but also just whether you heal somebody or not, or what you do with certain characters when you respond to them. Uh, Cause there hmm. are certain dialogue options that'll pop up where you actually have to make a choice that matters for something with that person. And so all right. of that can, all of that feeds into an overall stability meter of the area. And if, if you eat too many people and too many people are sick, the entire zone can be lost and it just gets overrun and everybody starts dying. And it's basically, that's it for that level. Like you can't go back to that area without encountering right. serious. Uh, and, and it seems like, uh, you know, that seems like that the, if you were planning a game like this, the, the tree of consequence for you know for characters who are lost or characters who get eaten or whatever that that start to shut down pathways and and options that are available it seems like that'd be really complicated it's, it seems like it's kind the, of the, the more that i play it the more that i realize the amount of depth that's actually going into this game which is really pretty impressive uh there's like yeah, there's cool. like certain storylines and there's like certain things that are hidden that are like just blocked like you could just miss com- completely miss things if you like don't do like for example you're running around an area and you'll hear like someone crying out for help like oh help me these monsters are attacking me uh dr vampire md if, where are if you, you don't stop that moment and go and save that guy that guy dies and he just he's never dead. he's just never part of the game for you like that's just it so you have to like mm. and then and you may be right in the middle of doing something that you really can't stop but if you don't then you lose that that character and, right. and he, therefore you lose that character's interactions with other characters that he may be linked up with and you miss his entire plot line and story and any opportunity to eat him to get lots of experience. Right. Um, oh. And so there is, there's a lot of risk and uh, choices to be made because the more that you eat people, the more powerful you become, but you can also just that, that zone can just be, you know, but turned into cost? chaos. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, bad.com. Right. You just have to, have to really decide, and so I've really, uh, I've really gotten into. Um, I mean, the game feels a lot like an adventure. I mean, the game was made by what the Life is Strange people, right? Is that what we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of like dialogue, and like I said, like I said before, the dialogue and the voice acting is really, really well done. Um, it, it's funny because the, the character Jonathan Reed is a very proper speaking individual. He's very proper gentleman. He's, yeah. he's a gentleman. He's very, he's very educated, and the way that he delivers his lines are in that manner but sometimes the things that he says are 100% ridiculous and just they're meant to be very very serious um but they come across as just like it comes across like this dude's like got a really really dry sense of humor that's just hilarious like he's just a really funny huh. guy on accident just because of the proper gentleman type that he is like I don't know. It's it's like a, it's reciting the lyrics to Shaft as a Shakespearean Exactly. Actor. It's very much so. Who is the man? Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, so that that's that's a really cool part of the game, and then um, so it is an RPG. You make all the choices you want. You build your character how you will. I am deciding. It seems like a lot of the characters, the first time you meet them, they appear to be like a really really good person, but the more that you get to know them and you unlock their hidden secrets, you start to realize that they're bad, right? Secrets. Yeah. So what I've been doing, so what I I've decided I'm doing is I am going to be eating and murder murdering the people who I feel actually deserve to die. Like I'm going to play Dexter vampire. That's like basically what I'm doing. Um, so you're eating all the rotten food. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm healing them first. I got to make sure they're all healed up. First. Oh, oh I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting to know them 
and then I'm going to go and, and, and murder them. And so, so that's kind of, so, and it's funny because you're basically an ethical vampire because each of the characters usually has like, they're really like, they all have like a really good side, but they have some twisted something that's a part of them that makes you question like whether or not they are actually good and whether you should kill them or not, or whether you should. I really like dubstep Dr. Vampire MD. Oh, you did. Help me on. Uh, anyway, so it's, it's, it's really got its hooks in me right now. Um, I have no idea how long it is. I it's got its fangs in you. It's got its fangs in oh, me, dude. Yeah. That's awful. Uh, but I am, like I said, I think it I'm is. just wrapping up chapter two. Um, I had to make a big decision at the end or at this part that I'm at. And I'm basically yeah. going really back like to, the- to report to the quest giver that, hey, this thing that you wanted me to do at the beginning of this chapter is now done. So that's kind of when, when you started talking about it. I watched a little bit of it online to see if I actually wanted to play it or not. And um, I really like the setting. It, it's kind of... Uh, I want to say it's like unique, but it's not something you see a lot in video games. It's sort of a 19th century London type. Or maybe no, it takes place in 1915, 1914, 1918. Oh, okay. So right around the, the Great War. It takes, so it takes, I, like, it's really takes cool place right after World War One, Like when the Spanish flu yeah. was, uh, I guess the Spanish mm-hmm. flu ended up killing like 50 million people in the world. Yeah. And it, uh, this is... During that epidemic in the midst in of that. London, mm-hmm. right after World War One, is when this all takes place. But yeah, so. the soundtrack also. I've been listening to the soundtrack. It's on Spotify, and it's really, really good. Um, it's done by the same guy that did. Uh, oh, I have it up. He did "Remember Me." He did. Um, uh, his his name is um, yeah. Olivier. Olivier Derivier. Derivier. He also did "The Plague Tale: Innocence," which is that newer game that came out about rats. I've been meaning to talk about that one. I haven't played. I've only played a few hours of it, but I'd like to come back to that because I think that one is worth talking about. Yeah, uh, actually, in fact, one. I want to play that one even more now that I've been playing this game. Like it seems like it's 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 actually really good. It's like the Last of Us. Yeah. So I actually Dude. just want to mention too the soundtrack to Vampire. We talked about it on Video Game Grooves uh, you it? a couple you months the, back. You bought the soundtrack? No, but I will get it. But someone else actually featured it. But we did talk about it in depth on Video Game Grooves. You know, the so soundtrack it's, is uh, it's really good. That it's it's it is it's actually really quite cool. good. Yeah. Yeah. It is quite good. Super relaxing, super awesome. I don't know why this game only has like a 72 on Metacritic, 7 out of 10 from IGN. Like, I wonder if it was just people kind of buggy when it bad came cho- out. Make bad choices. Had it been buggy when it came out or something that just made people... I think so. Because I don't know, man. It's like half the game is the dialogue and the role-playing elements, and that stuff is fantastic, top-notch, 100% amazing. Good stuff. The combat, I said, like I said, the more I get into it, the more I really like the combat, but it is definitely the weaker part of the game, but by all means should never hold anyone back from playing you know yeah. through this game it's 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 For really sure. good i'm going to buy the vinyl i don't well, even have a vinyl record player i'm going <laughs> to wow it's interesting to see what finally cracks people when it comes to vinyl records <laughs> you know i finally I, I pegged you for vampire bit the bullet i had like enough reward points through a thing speaking of vinyl and i never listened to my video game vinyls cuz my record players in the other room and oh, like nobody wants to listen to that garbage. Player? So I got a second one so I can oh listen my to my gosh. desk. <laughs> Even I don't have that problem. Jeez. Wow. It's a cheap one. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of cheap ones, uh, folks, this is going to be the end of the uh, Game Bite Show podcast for tonight. Uh, I can hear the freedom poppers alighting the darkened sky uh, just in time for Freedom Eve. So I think that's our cue to skedaddle. But if you guys out there would like to share with us your thoughts about video games you've been playing, if you have any comments about the games that we've shared with you tonight, uh, let us know. You could reach out to us on social media. Find us collectively at Game Bite Show on Twitter. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. Uh, you can find me at Legrand. I'm at Red underscore I. 
You can find our fourth man, Dale Jones, Count Elmdor, currently traveling the world. Uh, now he's just back in Japan again, visiting his in-laws and stuff. Uh, you can find him at Count Elmdor, and uh, find us over at twitch.tv slash Show. This past week, we uh, launched our game club, Dauntless, right, Jared? Yep, Dauntless. Uh, so check check it check out twitch.tv slash Show, youtube.com slash Show, where our archives go. Uh, but definitely come join our Discord channel and play Dauntless with us. You have no excuse. No one believes you only own a Switch. <laughs> and even and then, furthermore, that's kind of it's coming to the Switch. Yeah, even then, even <laughs> then, it will be on Switch. Uh, furthermore, that's probably where we're going to be doing our scheduling too, because I don't yes. think we really got a set schedule for this, right? Not yet, and we'll we'll start working that out here this first week. You know, we have a lot of uh, European community members, and we'll want to try to do some earlier. Uh, playthroughs so they're not trying to get up at like 4 a.m. to play with us. Yeah, have fun at work tomorrow on American Freedom Day, Europeans. Yeah, uh, I'm going to eat the burgers <laughs> and, and bald eagles. That's right, that's right. Uh, other than that, of course, uh, we'll be back at the top of the week to talk to you about the uh, video game news, new releases, and a special topic of discussion at the top of the week. Until then, this has been your Game Bite Show podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. See ya. Bye.